So Travis, you're gonna be on a podcast. I've heard of think. them. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? What What's your tactic for like your first podcast? For uh, I'm just gonna out. I'm gonna try to interrupt everyone as much as possible. Uh, talk it's over so them. far. Sorry, well, I I I gotta get used to this rhythm with the two of you. Um, okay, the, I'm I'm just really excited for the three of us to be able to do a show where we don't have to play our usual roles and we yeah. can like drop the Let our usual down. like uh, relationship pretending. And did you look up all the cheat codes? Yeah. The, all okay, the podcast good. cheat codes? No, for yeah, the for, game for because the game. we um you know, we do we talk about the game, we talk about it and we're like, I like it. I didn't like it. Cool. And people give us lots of money to hear that, but yeah. then at the end of it, we're like, and here's some of our favorite cheat codes. Griffin so. says at the end, it's really the last three fourths. Yeah. They're usually strats and cheat codes. Cheat codes. So, do uh, you want to share one of the cheat codes now? Oh yeah, just so, to show us that you did do that, you did do your homework. Okay, uh, if you hit A, all the money. It's A for all the money. That's, that's it. Just, yeah, you just it seems a. like someone would accidentally do that a lot. No, it hasn't come up yet. I've I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. If you hit A and start at the same time, it erases the game. <laughs> Why did they even build that function? That's and it's not just your code. game. And it's not just on your computer. Whole game's gone. Off the wow. off the off the world. Off the people who made it remember it? No. <laughs> it erases it. It's a complete it's out of everybody's brains. That's happened to well, I, I know it hasn't happened to any games. Oh no. Well, do you remember y'all remember Pork Porky Pig RPG? <laughs> when Porky, when that happened to Porky Pig RPG and it was like on top of the Steam charts for like what, 3 4 years? Yeah. And they Why were really do you remember it. They were really generous with the well, did you do I, it? Well, no, I'm in a Faraday cage. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. My name is Justin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Travis McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. Uh, oh, welcome to the be- the Brosties, where we three brothers talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's always been like this. Uh, Chris Plant and Russ Freshstick are away, but they are still members of the video game club, as are you, just by listening. We're going to talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. Uh, it is a it is a pleasure to have you here, Travis. Thank you. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Verizon. Griffin, what's Verizon? Verizon is my cellular service provider, and they do a pretty fucking great job, yeah. if I must say so. It's no uh, ad at. It's it isn't. V Rising is uh, a v, a video game, a vampiric uh, sort of crafting survival uh, action RPG, and um, I think we're all pretty smitten with it. So I'm excited to talk. Excellent. We are going to do that and talk about so much more right after this brief commercial message. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. 
It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. This is my ideal sort of video game situation where I had not heard of this, this video game at all. Uh, until uh, our our merch designer uh, Sarah McKay like popped into Slack like y'all got to check this out and we all checked that out and it's it's it really came out of nowhere this game I feel like it is very weird because I I for the last like seventeen months I've been doing a lot of Twitch stuff and I now like you know I'm connected to a lot of Twitch people and follow and I hadn't seen anyone mention this game until uh, Griffin was already in love with it. Yeah. And so it, I went into it uh, knowing it was about vampires and other than that, having like no context for it whatsoever. It is a vamp. I'm, is this what people were talking about with immersive sim? This is an immersive sim, right? Kind, kind of. So it's, it is a rust like that yeah. is the genre that I usually use, which is just, which, you know, I guess you could also call a Minecraft like essentially, it but it nothing is nothing to do with Minecraft. Yeah, <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Minecraft. It is it is much more rust like only presented in a sort of top down Diablo almost MOBA esque perspective. Can I tell you uh, what was messing with me? I can't yeah. tell if it's just the subject matter or the style, but it reminds me a lot of like Legacy of Kane. It looks hmm. yeah, for sure. For sure. I think for that's sure, for sure. I think that, that is fair. It has the sort of grim gothic Nosgoth esque sort of feel to it. Um but it, it sort of defies what I expected it. I, I expected it to be a pretty straight over the plate like uh Diablo, you know, looter game. But it is much, much more about going around gathering wood and stone and mm-hmm. other resources, building your keep, um, finding like uh recipes to build even stronger you know, uh, axes to get even more wood let, faster. And let me talk about the basic, like, yes, please. Uh, tra- actually, no, Trav. Yeah. You just started uh, earlier than we did. Talk about like the first hour. Like, where do you, where do you begin this journey? And then Griffin, I can talk about where you sort of head after that. Okay. So basically, uh, when you start, you're in a world where vampires once reigned supreme and then were defeated by, uh, those dastardly humans. Um, and now vampires have kind of uh, been very much on on the decline for a long time, and it's time for you to do something about it. And so you wake up, and you're your classic level one RPG person. Uh, you can swipe with your hands, and that's about it. And then you wake up in a tomb, and you're going out in the world. I would say the introduction in this game is maybe one of the best I've done in a long time. Yeah. Where it is a good tutorial that doesn't feel like I want to just click through it and but it's like the game 
and the tutorial dense, at the same time. It, and that's especially impressive because this is a dense fucking game. Like yeah. there is a lot. And I think you could argue that the tutorial never really stops. You always yeah. have you always have a mission objective that is like build a castle heart to begin building your keep. And then once you do that, it's like, okay, now you need to learn how to craft a sawmill. So you need to go out and collect these things to make a sawmill. Uh, and sometimes it's not its not quite that clear. Like you kind of have to experiment a little bit to find out how to do what it is asking you to do. But it really is uh, a, a, a progression that is that makes the game pretty impossible to put down. Uh, basically, you start learning about combat, and through combat, you learn about resource collection. And then once you've collected enough resources and completed those objectives, you're crafting uh, armor. And once you've kind of gotten armor and weapon crafting down, now it's time to build, and then it's time to upgrade. And so it never quite, as Griffin has said, it never quite feels like, oh, I finished the tutorial, now what do I do? Like, there's always a next thing and i would say even just i've put about uh maybe five hours into it at this point and uh already i can tell that so i i do a lot of rpgs and have a lot of rpg uh, uh history and my favorite ones are always the ones that are both like really deep and really wide and that idea of like oh yeah i could spend all my time like focusing on getting better at combat and upgrading my weapons but if I get bored with that, as I often do because of ADHD, I can like, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to work on upgrading my keep or now I'm yeah, going to, yeah. there's fishing mechanics because every game has to have fishing mechanics <laughs> That's now. funny. I joked about fishing with Griffin when we first started playing and it turns out that there's actually- Yes, there's yeah, fishing in fishing. it. Um, I mean, the the range of stuff is like, it's a lot of, they do, it's a very, very, very smart implementation of like pretty much any vampire stuff you can mm -hmm. think of it's it it's in there like there's a sequence of day and night where mm -hmm. you can at night you can run around and get all all nasty on everybody and then the daytime you better stay stick to the shadows or you will burn to death <laughs> they give you a couple seconds where you're like sizzling and it's like oh yeah. you better oh, oh you better get in the which, shadows which builds this uh, rhythm to the game that is maybe my favorite thing about it where during the day you can kind of run from tree to tree and chop them down or stone to stone and break it down and whenever you do the shade you were just standing in mm -hmm. fucking disappears and so yeah. you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit but like in the daytime it's really hard to go out and you know hunt down a boss or whatever that's yeah, that is if that they is move in the sun you can't yeah, you can't I mean, get at you them. can you do a ranged attack maybe uh, and and if like you get mobbed by like you can't run you're running through yeah. sunlight yeah you're burned it's, so it builds this thing where like during the day you can go around and gather some resources very carefully. You can go to your keep um, because very quickly you develop ways to nullify the sun's powers at your headquarters. So you can be a little bit more leisurely and work on, you know, inventory management and crafting and research and, uh, you know, just base building and all this stuff, which is all super strong, mm -hmm. which is all really, really, really well thought out stuff. Uh, and, and when that stuff works in games, it is... It Some looks of my cool as fucking hell. Yeah, dude. Once yeah. you start building your Travis walked into my castle. I mean, when was the last time you did that in a video game where you walked right? into somebody's like thing they made and it's seriously like he seemed actually impressed. Well, I was. Yeah. I was honestly blown because when I first walked into Justin's keep, and Justin has been playing way longer, but I walked into your keep, I thought it was like an in-game pre-built structure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you built that. Like I mean, he's got I got a treasure chest that eats gear. Yeah. I got a servant named Beef. 
yeah. that just hangs out at my house. <laughs> I can't command him yet because I don't have a vampire throne. So he just walks around my house. Hey, what's yeah. up? Hey, what's up? I'm I think beef. we're at about I think we're about roughly the same spot in the game. Oh, well, and I should there's also forms you transform into. There's like a travel form. You get the first thing is like a, a wolf right away can, too, very yeah, early that can move pretty quick. I just unlocked grandma form, mm-hmm. which is an actual mechanic in this game where you could turn to a grandma and <laughs> hang out amongst the humans. That's amazing. And I yeah. I, I also want to say like aesthetically beautiful, like, as we said, has that gothic style. But, like, you mentioned Rust, and in a lot of games like that, it's like, oh, you're building, and it's kind of like, you know, you got this, uh, it's like beat up wood and everything. And I like in this that it's like, even from the beginning, right, even at my lower level, when I build things, it feels cool that I've built it. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, look at that blood altar. That's awesome. Especially once you get into building, uh, like you start out building a pretty rudimentary wooden like barricade around a little enclosure. You can make something called a mist brazier, Mm -hmm. which you have to like fuel with It's like an anti-campfire. Yeah. Right, it's an anti-campfire. But then once you like start building your castle and you're like, oh shit, I'm actually safe while I'm in here is is very cool. I should also mention that the multiplayer in this game is fantastic. Oh yeah. We have basically, I opened up a persistent server uh, and all of us have been sharing it and playing on it. So when you walk around our world, you walk by Russ's keep and Sarah's keep and our keep and it's, it's, and you can pop in and work together, which you kind of have to do once you get into the, the hunts. And can we, can we talk about the, the V blood mechanic. Yes, I do want to talk about that. I, I want to say one more thing about castle building. I don't get into building stuff. Like I don't really care about that. Usually in, in most games, I'm happy to just have a big square room mm. where all my junk is. Um, this does a really interesting mechanic. Uh, where there are there's different types of flooring that have like boosts to your equipment. So like there's a um, uh, like a workshop floor, and that if you have put your grinder in there and your sawmill in there, then you produce more resources. So if you're trying to min-max, which is kind of the point of games like this, you definitely want to do that. But you can only do that with by closing off the room and putting that specific kind of flooring in there. So it incentivizes, from a mechanic perspective, the actual design elements. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it incentivizes you to make these discrete spaces and make it feel more like a a actual area rather than just a big storage building. I also, speaking of storage, yeah. right? Like the, games like these are all about, you know, item and resource management and everything. And it's really nice, even early levels that it doesn't feel, it's, it's very clear almost right away what different resources are for. So right. there's no like, what should I hold on to this? What do I do with like, I, I, what do I do? It's very clear right away of like, no, hold on to this stone, hold on to the, this. You use the plant fiber for this, and yeah, um, nice. and that's all. That's like daytime stuff, right? That's the daytime cycle is like getting that stuff, and then when night falls, you can begin a hunt. Uh, I mean, I guess you can in the daytime. Too. You do it anytime. It's just a bad hardy. idea. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very bad idea uh, for V blood, which are like the bosses of the world. They are. Uh, much more uh, hardy and with special abilities. And in like Mega Man fashion, if you can hunt them down and work your way through whatever camp is like protecting them and then defeat them, you drain their blood and, and you unlock their power that you can and sort of recipes. equip in your loadout. 
and recipes and new structures for the castle, right? So uh, the wolf that they described is the first sort of boss that you hunt down. It's just a big, strong alpha wolf. You take him down, drain his blood, and now you can turn into a wolf. Um, or there's like a big uh, stonemason dude who has a power where he can smash the ground with a hammer and cause like a rift that explodes a second later. Uh, you go through a big mine, like just slaughtering everybody along the way and then get into a pretty tough boss fight with him and then drain his blood. And you not only unlock that power, you unlock like uh, stonemason gear for your castle. At this point, you've probably find yourself wondering how I unlock grandma power. Don't think I am wondering. About it. <laughs> uh, uh, don't worry about it. It's fine. Now, I will say, Griffin, hypothetically, you're going through slaughtering everyone. Uh, but the other thing I will say about this as a low-level beginner player, uh, even when you die, it's not that punishing. Right, it's it has a lot Certainly of the, for a game like this. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. There, yeah. You have the same, you know, pretty standard RPG mechanic of like you dropped all your your well, not all your loot, right? You hold on to like your armor and weapons and everything, but any like consumable resources and stuff you drop, you got to go yeah. back and get those if you want to. Um, but it's not like I've died many times now, and there's not that feeling of like, no, I was, oh, I was so good. It's just more like, well, that's annoying. Now I got to run all the way back there. I, I will say, if you, if we can, I mean, because we've talked for a long time about how strong this thing is, and it, and it is very strong. Um, it is still an early access, yeah. right? I mean, it's still, mm -hmm. it's still early. So there are a couple of things that I'm not like wild about. One is, they're as smooth as that progression loop is, you really notice the places where it's a little bit like, uh, a little bit uneven. Um, there is a resource, uh, those unsullied hearts that you need a lot of, um, and it is not easy to come by them. So there, there were times where I got hung up for like an hour in the sort of like progression loop because I didn't have this one resource that I needed. Um, that was sort of frustrating. I would also say that, and I, and I would actually be curious what you think of is, is the, I feel like getting around is a little bit, more of a pain. It's just a little bit more annoying yes. than I want it to be. You, there are teleporters. There are fast but, travel points, right? Yeah, yeah but, you, but you can only use them if you basically have just your equipment. You can't use them with any items. And it's like for a game like this, you can imagine it is so rare. I mean, if you want to use it, you have to go to your house and like dump all of your stuff, right? And like really prepare to use it. And if you are loaded up with equipment. And you're a very long way or, or, away from your keep. You are walking back. You are not going to get back uh, quickly. Which feels so counterintuitive, right? Yeah. Isn't that when you would want to teleport back? Like, yeah. The map is huge too, right? Like, I have only, I've not even left the. It is made up of different biomes. I don't think I've ever left the very first one. And so, some of that stuff, like the unsullied hearts, is like a rare resource that drops from stronger enemies. Uh, like you can go to an area of the map where the enemies are a much higher level and your level is determined entirely by gear score. So if you want to be stronger, you got to build stronger weapons and armor. Uh, but like, like Justin said, like I never want to be more than, you know, a night's run away from my key because it's like, it's just too risky. And there's certain ways around that. There are cave systems that are like shortcuts between different areas on the map, sort of shoots and ladders style, but like they are hidden pretty well and not especially uh, convenient. Um, one thing I will say is that you can unlock a portal, like a personal uh, fast travel point for your keep. So ostensibly you can 
you know, dump all your stuff and then from your keep teleport out close to wherever it is that you mm. want to hunt. Yeah, that'd be and then and then, you know, once you get the loot, you are going to have to make that run back. But yeah, I, I agree. There needs to be some sort of middle ground because right now, like once I, you're I, out of danger, you should be able to just take your stuff back without having to walk. Yeah. So long and maybe navigate. there's like a maybe there's a bat form that you want. I, I don't yeah, know. Maybe no maybe we haven't gotten you have further. to imagine, right? Well, they're right. They do do an interesting job of ameliorating some of those challenges, which maybe the bat form, if it, if that exists, I, I, I've tried to not Google stuff. You really don't have to yeah. that much. I mean, it's no. pretty self-explanatory. Uh, for example, you find gear that offers you sun protection. So it can like give you more time um, in the sun before you burst into when flames. you're sizzling. So like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little, you're a little crispy. Um, that that loop though really makes this game have have that vampire feel in a way that I do not think a game has had since the like Legacy of Cain era. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot think of another sort of. I, and I've never played like Masquerade, the Bloodline, but that is like a totally different genre. Than, than what this game is. But being able, but starting out as this wimp who can't do anything and bursts into flames every few hours or so, mm-hmm. uh, and going from that to, you know, the owner of a massive castle who goes out at night and just terrorizes the land is fucking sick. It a is real bootstrap very, vampire. Very, very, very cool. Uh, and the, num- the number of carrots on sticks that this game provides is like, outrageous yeah absolutely. i will say so here's another thing and and this might just be uh, uh me being dense but it took justin telling me when we played together earlier so there's a feeding system right that to me is uh, as much as they do great in that beginning uh kind of path of saying like this is how crafting works this is how this works right i spent probably the first two hours of playing, maybe three hours, thinking that feeding should be healing me, right? I'm going to eat. That's not how it works. And along with that, so basically different uh, bad guys, uh, or maybe you're the bad guys, Um, (laughs) but different, uh, you know, feeding targets have different kind of stats. So one might be a rogue, one might be a brute, one might be, I think there's like warrior. There's a creature. Creature, right. And depending on what blood type you're currently like housing, right, you get buffs from it. But the confusing right. thing is, and maybe this will change out of beta, but right now, it's li- when you look at someone, it'll say like, uh, you know, uh, brute 13%, right? right? And so my thinking looking at that is like, oh, I need to fill up to 100%. But actually, it doesn't not, stack. It's right. like... If you have 15%, don't feed on somebody with 4% or sure. you move down to 4%. It's, it is a, uh, I imagine some people will get into this game maybe because of, of this discussion. And so like to clarify it, because I don't, it's the one thing that I feel like the game really does not set up well. Those different percentages is a sense, essentially the potency of their blood type, right? Mm-hmm. So if you find a, a, you know, a worker type with 4% and you feed on them, every time you feed, it fills up your blood meter, which is essentially your mana, right? It's what powers your different vampire skills. When you cast uh, the spells that you unlock from the bosses, uh, I think when you transform into different forms, it uses some of that mana, right? Um, So you can do that with whatever, right? You start fighting a deer, you get it weak enough, you get like really weak creature blood, right? But 
if you're going through like a big camp and you find a big strong brute who's at like 60% and you drain him, you're going to fill up your mana and then you're also going to get all of these like different brute benefits and there's like a little icon you can hover over that shows you the different it's tiers sort of, a of class yeah. you yeah. think about, but rather than like leveling up the class, you just find like a better rogue or a better warrior and eat them. Or you have to one. Be, you have to be careful though, because this is one where I can't tell if this is annoying because it's like something that doesn't work or it's like frustrating and that's part of the game. But when you feed on someone, you are still vulnerable to attacks, right? Yeah, so you yeah. could be fighting a big group and there's a 60% brute, right, that you really want, but there's like eight other guys hitting you, and he's the strongest one hitting you. So it's either yeah, like yeah. keep taking damage from him. Uh, that that I like the system. It took me a while to come to terms with it, but I like it because there's like a lot of trade-offs. Like Travis said, in that scenario, now all of a sudden, the, the combat in this game is pretty simple. So I like mm -hmm. things that make it a little bit more complicated. So in that scenario, you have to just dodge around this big brute and kill all of his friends so that you can save him for last and have yourself a little snack. The or other to, to make him your your thrall. Which is another, your another tasty, another tasty option. But like the whole system is a trade-off where you know, you're about to take on a camp, you're running low on blood, which you use for all of your powers, you use it to heal. Mm -hmm. uh, you can channel your blood into healing power essentially. Um, but if you do that, you're gonna lose all these dope benefits, right? So I built my keep fairly close to a mine where there are a lot of worker types who I love to eat because they make it so that when you go around collecting stone and wood, you can do it faster, you get more resources out of it. So when I'm in base building mode, that is my first thing I do is I go and drain, drain a worker and I run around and collect a bunch of shit. And I'm not spending a bunch of blood doing that, but then if I get into a bunch of fights, you know, and my blood starts to get kind of low, it becomes a question of, well, do I want to bail so that I can keep this like production power or am I going to need to fill up just so I can survive this battle? It's I I think it's a cool system. It is it is annoying sometimes. It's not super well explained. Yeah, it is not super well explained. Use, uh, and so much of it is is so slick in that regard. Um, right. I am really interested because I have no idea the scope of this game. Mm. Really. Like I, I, there are so many bosses that are ahead of me. Um, you unlock a lot of different magical powers and it really doesn't make a big production out of it when you do. So there's, I routinely will go into like the powers menu. You can have two sort of equipped on a hot bar that are like your combat abilities. Um, and then you have va basic vampire abilities that are on a, a sort of wheel that you can access. But like, you have a, dash, routinely you have a dodge also yeah. ability that you can unlock sort of different versions of. So the one I have now like coats me in this green light that makes it so that my next melee attack, I kind of throw out. It's which is pretty fucking cool. You get a lot of those powers. You don't always know when you got a new one. Um, you have to kind of go look. Um, but I have no idea. Like there's so there, it seems like there could be so much these other forms too. like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like there could be a lot of different things. It's a very good, it is very surprising how often it gives you that sense of like, I'm really just like a vampire in these woods and everybody yeah, I mean, hates. Like, the, the first time I hit a blood moon, when you oh hit a blood man. moon, you get like super powered and you're stronger and better and it's great. And like that happened, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And there was like resources that I hadn't been able to mine before because my my attack level, my level is too low. But when you're a blood moon, it's like, yeah, man, go get that stuff. And it feels it is, good. It is a great moment too when you're like on the ropes in a fight that you shouldn't have picked because it was the daytime. Uh -huh. And then all of a sudden the moon rises. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> 
Those, it's, it, it, that, the opposite happens too. Yeah. <laughs> like in the middle of a fight and you're about to win, then it's like, oh, there's the sun. Gotta go. Yeah, bye. Sorry. Bye. You don't see me. What is that very gamey term for like the stories that come out of this thing? Are are really fucking really yeah. fucking cool. Like I I built my keep uh, pretty close to this like fast travel portal and it's in this big clearing so I can expand emergent, my emergent, emergent gameplay right. Uh, and so I was like having a good time and then Russ got on. I was like, let me show you my keep. It's dope. And he came over to my keep and together we were on a clan together, which means we can help build each other's shit and have access to all each other's shit, which is very cool. But then we started to build into my backyard and a tree ant uh-huh. who is like a really bad boy yep. uh, and really, really tough. And he started to just wreck my shit and smash my castle and was really bad. And so what we had to do was this spawn point was permanent right behind my house. And so what we had to do was I sent Russ out there (laughs) to go and attack him and then run away and train him away from my house. And while he was gone, I paved over his spawn point to keep (laughs) him from coming back. And it was like a really cool, like it was a really cool sequence of events. Very early uh, on, I was getting chased by like some like skull level to me, you know, humans. And I was running through the forest and a tree ant popped up and he was skull level to me, but I ran past him and then they attacked each other. Yeah. And I like came back and there was just loot all over the ground yeah. and they were all it dead. Was, and I was like, yeah, really good. Uh, I, I, this is one of my games of the year. I am, I, and and the the idea that this huge thing that I'm very excited by and seems very fleshed out already is only in early access. Yeah, is like is 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 genuinely thrilling. Um, because this is a this is a a, a definite sleeper hit for me. And yeah, they've gotten the importance of down the fun. The fun is there right. already, and I it just building out from it. I think is so. There, there's so many other cool things they could do with it. I, I can't wait. And it has the room to expand outward instead of just like we're going to add more stuff to the middle, right? Like there are a lot of games where when they want to add new stuff, they have to like either change out things that are already in it or just like keep piling more on top of the game. Where yeah. I could see this being like, well, we're going to add more bad guys out here and now more to the map. And there's, you know, more customizable thing. Like there's so much room on the edges for it to expand out. Yeah, it's not just the numbers get bigger. It like, cause that does happen. And it's very satisfying to watch those numbers get bigger. Uh, but there's so much other cool shit that, that uh, you, you learn and unlock and upgrade and, and everything. I wanna uh, say one last thing, just as a big, like a vampire lore nerd person, there's one little thing and it's like, when you are putting stuff into a, into a chest, there's a button that says compulsively count, which is a thing with vampires that doesn't have to get talked about. But one of the things in vampire lore is like if you spill rice in front of them, they have to stop and count it. Oh, really? Or it's like coins. You have yeah, they have to. They can't. I did not, not count. know that. That's yeah. I, I wondered why That's that button part was of like called count that from Sesame Street. Yeah. In addition to being a pun, it's also like a thing. That's amazing. Do. Yeah, That's and so and they good. just put that in, and it's just such a good, like, they know, like, <laughs> they paid attention. You, know? you can pick up silver coins, yeah, and then to... this alert comes on the screen, it's like, you're holding silver, <laughs> you're dying. So then you it's have like... to run back to your base, like, ha, 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 no, 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 uh, no, no. You can't, you can't turn into wolf form when you have silver coins because it's constantly damaging you and damage breaks you out of wolf form. So now it's like, I killed this traitor. I got these coins. I still don't know what you spend them on, but I'm assuming you can spend them you on can, something. Well, okay, Griff, once you're a human, you can, oh inter- my God. You can interact with the traitor and buy shit from him. <gasps> That's awesome. I'm just a grandma. <laughs> you can't trade with me. <laughs> 
That's incredible. Do you want to kill? Do you have any unsullied hearts? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> no reason. It's fry pie. Don't worry and about it. Kids, I have. That's oh, so fucking cool. God, um, what a fucking cool game. It's yeah. really great. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk uh, some more with our special guest, Travis Patrick McRoy. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print, little details, and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. So Trav, what what uh what are your what are your best games? Like best games ever? Yeah. Um well I you know, I think the game that holds the dearest place in my heart is GoldenEye sixty four. I thought um, you were gonna say for sure civilization like revolution. Oh civilization there are games to me that are like the pinnacle of that genre or the pen like when I think about a game like that I could go back to over and over again, it's civilization. But when I think about like probably the game that I as a like kid most said like, oh I like this, it was uh, Golden Eye for me because one, 
it was the first, well, one of the first, if not the first, like four player, multiplayer, same screen kind of deal. But it also rewarded as much strategy as it did like your ability to aim and your reflexes and stuff. And you could, you know, move, you could perform better in levels by planning it out. And it wasn't just like, well, how quickly can you hit the trigger? And that's what matters. I cannot um, fathom how much time we spent just doing like proximity mines in the temple. Oh yeah, like probably a couple hundred hours of just just that game mode with the three of us and you know one of our friends usually. Well, and then being able to say like, okay, well, let's develop a new mode. You know, where it's just like, uh, as long as you're unarmed, like as long as you don't have a weapon, you're fine. But as soon as you karate chop, you're freaking like the ability to like develop house rules, rules of engagement. Yeah, Yeah. man, like that. Um, I would also say like my the video game, and this is such a dorky thing to say, but the dork the the video game for me that was like, oh, video games are art. Uh, will always be Bioshock that I remember standing in, it was like the first house Sydney and Justin lived in uh, after they got married. And like we were having like a cookout or something and Justin brought me in to show me Bioshock. And I remember like standing in his living room watching, you know, the bathysphere go down and it opens and it's like, that's why I built Rapture. And like yeah. that moment I was like, oh, wow. Like this is as pretty as any movie I've ever seen. Well, and fucking cool. Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like the themes of Bioshock have maybe not aged uh, uh, particularly mm, well. Interesting. Mm. Uh, but I mean, if, if you were like on the, ground floor of that thing. Yeah. So Griffin, are you saying that? Are you maybe insinuating that a man is not entitled to this one of his own bro? Oh, bro. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yeah. Is that, is that? No, mean? says the man in Austin. Um, um. But I, I, it, to me, it was like the, the immersive environment where like, man, it's also, there are games, right, that are like scary and, you know, horror games, but Bioshock was maybe the most tense I've ever been playing it, even when nothing was happening, right? You yeah. just walk into a room and the lights will flash and suddenly there's like a body on the floor and you're like, I hate this, right? It's like up there with like Mist and Riven where it's just like sometimes nothing's happening and you're just scared playing it, right? Yeah. Like that kind of feeling and I was so into that. Um, all of the Bioshock games and any game like this where it is on, right? I mean, you're moving, there's a set pathway, but it feels like you're exploring the world as much as you want. Mm. I'm a sucker for that, man, every time. Um, Trav, have you been playing anything else lately? So much Stardew Valley. So much Stardew Valley. I love that. I love that. Honestly, it was the kind of thing, for me, a lot of like games, and this is true of like movies and TV shows too, but there will be games that I will start to play and for whether it's uh, circumstances in my life or just, you know, with ADHD, like hyperfixation is like a really big part of it. Yeah. And if I'm hyperfixated on something, a game or a movie or whatever, and another game comes out that's like, yeah, I would absolutely love that. But that is not, I, I don't have room for it right now. Yeah. And Stardew Valley was just like, I, I had bounced off it, I think, twice before. And this time was just, 
the right set of circumstances. And I think it was because it was streaming that I played it on a stream. And like, so I was getting feedback from people. It was like having the Nintendo Power Helpline right there with me saying yeah. like, oh, do this. Oh, go talk to this person. I wouldn't worry about that yet. It's the only way to make Stardew Valley pleasurable yes. is to have a hive mind of people Indeed. telling you what to do. And once that happened and I could get a grasp on, oh, I see that, okay, now I know this is important in this matter. It, I couldn't put it down. It also helps that Teresa and BB and Dot all like watching it, right? So it can be, it's a rare game that like I like playing that there's no worry of like, ah, oh, this might be a little too violent or yeah. it's too loud, there's it's too chaotic, anything like that, right? They also like watching me play Fortnite, but then they make fun of me when I do bad and uh, Dot, the two year old, can be so cruel and she's like, Look at you, she really says, it's, Oh my god, it's terrible. She said, One time I got a victory royale and she was like, Took you long enough. Yeah. I was uh, like, it was Jesus, Jesus, it was Dot. biting, man. Um, I just started trying to get BB. BB has watched a lot of like Roblox videos. Um, So like she wants to play it. Get out of there, Trev. Well, yeah, she's not quite ready mechanically. But what she really enjoys now that I really love watching her play is like iOS games um, where it's just like walking around in a little town and there's like different like buildings you can walk into and play the bakery game. And then you go to a different one and it's the farm game, but it's all in the same... App. Are you in that Sega? You in that Sega Mini World shit? No, I need to get into that right now. It's Cookie oh, Swirl C, my dude. Like she just loves Cookie Swirl C. Uh, yeah, oh, man, get, 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 in, get, get in that Sega Mini yeah. stuff. It's good. There's like it's thirty. Chill. There's like thirty games in there, and they're all like pretty, pretty cute. I'm trying to think. So I'm also. I would say I'm a sucker for uh, the Assassin's Creed series. Um, yeah. One, because man. I like a game that I think it. I, I kind of touched on this with uh, GoldenEye, but any game where it's just like, well, take a second and like develop in your head what's the coolest way I could do this. So like that, Assassin's Creed, Dishonored, anything where it's just like, okay, I think I figured out that I'm going to jump off the top of this, land on top of that dude, and then I'm going to swing off of this thing and no one will see me do it and I'm going to feel like a shadow who just moved through the world and killed on my whims, right? Like that to me is very satisfying. I think maybe I have a dark passenger that can only be Absolutely. fed by Assassin's yeah. Creed games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is not news to me. Um, oh. But also RPG game. I mean, this this is uh, V Rising is really uh, like scratching an itch that I've had for a while now, which is like a nice bite sized RPG. Because I did uh, the <laughs> new bite. Oh, I get it. Uh, like I tried Final Fantasy. Uh, what's the what's the one 14? Griffin? Yeah, and I really liked it. But oh man, it you it get dropped into the middle of like so right. much. Hey, yeah, that brings me. Actually, that makes me think. V Rising, what do we think about that as a title? I do not care for it. <laughs> I don't think it's great, right? It's not a great title. It seems like you should have the word vampire in there. Maybe just Vampire Rising. Vampire but Rising, I don't... That's a good name. Somebody said that in a meeting and was like, I think we can make it punchier. We, yeah, what about VR? No. no that's too short. What about, about Vampirizing? No. <laughs> I don't think that's it. V Rising? Doesn't that sound like a... It's already on the box. Let's go. Let's go. It's on the... Know. I don't know that there is a box. Um, oh, yeah, they don't do boxes. Man, not too long ago, you guys were talking about, like, Babbage's, and that blew my mind. I thought about going to a store to, like, buy a computer yeah. game. It's wild to me now. I've, I've been collecting, like, uh, you know, retro games and shit for, I mean, forever. And it is, the with every year that passes, 
when I look at that collection, the more like insane it is that that physical media was so big and chunky and the law of the land and everything. Because I don't do that anymore. I have not bought a physical game in yeah. many moons. I think uh, the last for, time I did it was Fallout 76 because I was so excited. Yeah. And I got like a me. whole lot of, I bought like the collector's edition. And yeah. then I, I thought, like a metal oh, box. I, yeah. I, I think Persona 5 was the last time I did it where I wanted like the special bag that came with it. Um... Okay, Griffin, anything else that you have been playing lately? Yeah, baby. Uh, two big ones I want to talk about. The first is Vampire Survivors, as long as we are. There he is. Welcome. Welcome. Holy shit. Uh, I did not, it did not click with me. I think I played it once or twice where I had like a couple short rounds and I was like, oh, okay, this is neat. I get why people like this. And then I had one run where I went almost like a half hour and was just a demigod by the end of it and i had collected you know several thousand gold and then of course i you know got massacred by the grim reaper who comes out after you hit the time limit but like then i had unlocked like 12 new weapons and a couple new characters and did we talk about already did we already give the pitch on this it's basically it's a one stick shooter that yes. is heavily inspired by castlevania yes Ooh. Uh, yeah i gotta check and, that out it's literally just you 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 move around a battlefield, your weapons automatically fire. Some of them go toward the nearest enemy, some of them like the knife power up from Castlevania you just throw straight in front of you. Uh, but you just move with one stick or with WASD and you collect the experience that your enemies drop and every time you level up, you get another power or an upgrade to a power you already have. Oh, That's like you're just trying to survive. You're just trying to survive. That's it. Uh, it's very and you get you it, the the sense of power that you get in each run is is wild, and then you also collect this gold that you can use to get more permanent unlocks. It's also kind of like the one stick shooter is not a bad, but it's it's more like um a tower defense game except you're all the towers. Oh, and you move and you can move. <laughs> oh, so not at all I mean, like a tower defense game. But then. you're the tower. I get it. I did the review for Polygon. I think I said that. I get well, it. That's, that's I, I also want to mention, uh, oh, because I, I didn't realize we were doing this part of it, but uh, Evil Dead, the game. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that, because I don't I don't yeah. know anything about it. But yeah, man. About it as far as I could tell, pretty much came out of nowhere. And anytime you're dealing with like IP games, especially like uh, what seems like a bit of a cash-in, because there's several Evil Dead and Army of Darkness games at this point. But this is an amazing, like, multiplayer. Uh, it's got kind of a Left for Dead feel to it, um, where, like, you know, you're a team of survivors, get dropped in the middle of the woods, and you have various quests uh, that you have to complete. And as you do, there's, like, hordes, you know, of different, uh, it might be, like, skeletons or zombies or demons, different kinds of enemies that are coming to try to kill you, right? And you're going around and it also has a bit of like dead by daylight to it where you're like collecting, you know, stuff as you go, but you're collecting weapons um, and you're like trying to find healing potions. And there's like four different classes of characters you can play. Each one has different uh, skill sets. And then within those classes, there's different characters you can play. And each of those characters has different special abilities that make you useful as a team. There's cars cool. you can drive in it, right? Which wow. already is like a huge add to a game for me. 
and you're going big from gear, like, big gearhead, big gearhead over here. Um, but like then, as you complete these tasks, the enemies are getting harder and harder. Their level is increasing over time. You're trying to upgrade your weapons. And also, man, this is one of my favorite parts about it. If you choose to play as like Army of Darkness, Ash, you can find uh, chainsaws to attach to your arm. And like now you Why are. Why would you do that? Why would yeah. you always do this that? Is, yes, this is what I'm saying. Like, but other players can't use the chainsaw, so only Army of first, Darkness, Ash. First to click Ash at the character select screen. This is what I'm saying, right? It. And it's just like, why wouldn't everyone always want to be that character? And then you also can like earn level up points as you play these like matches and upgrade the hero characters you're playing. And because it is multiplayer, you can also play as the demon, right? Or the skeleton or whatever the so bad guys are. So that was my question are. is, it does, does somebody control the bad guys? They don't have to. You can play against AI, but okay. you can also play just like random match, just like Dead by Daylight, where somebody is the killer and the other everyone else is the survivors. And man, I tell you what, I've only played one match with like a human um, killer. Oh boy, just whoop. Oh, got me so good, you guys. Um, yeah. But it is one pretty beautiful um really like well the the style of it the art of it is really great it is so satisfying the melee combat is satisfying which is hard to nail uh, but is really important in like a horde zombie game and it's really satisfying and it's really fun to play with people and like it's it's so good and like it blew me away how yes, good it is because evil dead games have been historically pretty dog shit yeah, I remember when I remember I watched those the those movies for the first time in like the early aughts, and then uh, I believe it was THQ's Evil Dead: A Fistful of Boomstick came out. Uh -huh. I was like, Fuck yes. yeah, let's yes. go, baby! And then I played it, and it made me so sad. Can I tell you one of the things that is maybe one of the smartest things I've ever seen in a, uh, especially based off of an existing IP game like this, but when, you know, you're dealing with like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness, where so much of it is about like there's quips and there's one-liners and stuff, right? People are still delivering lines and quips and stuff, but they are quiet and proximity-based and like, if I'm, you know, a hundred feet away from Ash, I'm not gonna hear him say anything, right? So it is not like, and now it's gonna dominate your headphones to listen to this funny quip from this guy. It's just a little bit of flavor in there as you're running around focusing on the actual game, right? So That's cool. it's environmental and it feels like you're actually like, you know, running around with these people. And it's really satisfying to play. Like, it's one of those where I went into it, uh, my my friend Cooley Smiley invited me to play, and I was like, okay, knowing nothing about it. And I was like, I could play this for eight hours straight. Like, because it also, it has that combination too of as you level up and get more powerful, right? That makes you better, but also just understanding the mechanics and the map and like how to like move from place to place better and the strategy of like, okay, we're going to stop and fight here or like just loot and keep going is also how you get better. And yeah. I love that in a game. Um, I wanted to say my second game is EverQuest because- Oh, oh my God, Griffin. Listen, I can talk about how this. How dare you? Uh, uh, this, uh, today, actually, the day we're recording this, they are launching a new, a uh, couple actually new, what they call time lock progression servers, which essentially start you at classic no expansions EverQuest, uh, and then every like like I think six to twelve weeks they add on one of the 
expansions in order. Uh, and on, on top of all that, it is not like exactly classic EverQuest. Like that game has had, you know, it is still extremely obtuse, I think, compared to a, a World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy, which are more uh, user-friendly. Um, mm-hmm. But there have been a, a, a lot of like quality of life changes. Like there's an in-game map. You don't need the fucking, you don't need the EverQuest Atlas at your side sitting on your desk as you What's play through point, to then? know how to get to it's South for Pro. noobs. It's for fake gamers. Uh, and I am... Listen, I am, if I, you've I, never skipped church... To sit there with Dave Matthews Crash playing on your boombox as you just got it for Christmas, as you right. run across the salt marshes, what are you even doing? Right. Uh, it, I am excited. So I've been playing it a little bit just to kind of like uh, jog my memory a bit before this this new server launches today. But I am really excited. This this game was a big part of my childhood, but I was too young to really get it to like really mm. understand how this game worked and how to play it but despite that like I loved it and I loved playing with with everyone like we were all pretty into that game and so I'm excited to like go into it as an adult and have that have that stroll down memory lane uh and if you if you want to join me Yellenak uh launches today at, at um well I don't know what time but come come get at me let's get in there let's take down the sleeper together and get some crush bone belts. Get those crush bone belts. Get those crush bone shoulder pads. A lot of people forget about the shoulder pads. That's true. Um, and let's do this thing. That's it. Juice? All right. Yeah. Uh, I've finished Who Pressed Mute and Uncle Marcus. So if you are looking for a fun... <laughs> shut up. If you're looking for a fun... <laughs> I thought... I was laughing because I thought you say, so if you're looking for some pro strats... No, <laughs> if you're looking... I'll just tell you who did it. And then, no. Uh, it's it's really... It's a really interesting thing. Um, if you want an FMV game... I talked about it last week in depth, so it goes to that, but it's a FMV trivia game where you're also trying to solve your uncle's attempted murder. Is the and, trivia uh, an actual focus of it? That's what I wanted to ask the last time you talked about it. Uh, but you couldn't because you were just listening. Yeah, I was just driving in um, my car. No, it is, I mean, it doesn't really matter in the sense that like good or bad is kind of dependent on who you're talking to. So like some people want to win more and some people want to win less. But the trivia is a lot of it's focused on the actual people. Oh, So like it's questions about me or, you know, the the one guy who's focused on like empathy or your mom sings uh, bits from classical pieces, and you have to guess the classical piece that she's singing, right? So, um, it's 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 cool. It's it's a good video game if you like video games. Uh, next week, we don't have any emails for you because I think Russ usually pulls those together, and maybe Chris. We don't know where. Uh, we don't know where they. We don't know what our email address is. But uh, next week, we're going to be talking about E three. What is what the future? Oh boy, past and all of it for E3, which is not happening this year, but it's still kind of going to happen, I bet. Uh, and and so that'll be that'll be next week. Travis, where can people find more of your great work? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, I stream on Twitch as the Travis McElroy. Uh, if you're listening to this this weekend, I'm going to be at Phoenix Fan Fusion. Uh, so check out my Twitter at Travis McElroy, and I'll put my schedule and stuff there. Excellent. Uh, we talked about V Rising, obviously. Stardew Valley, Evil Dead, Vampire Survivors, EverQuest, Time Lock Thing, Who Pressed Mute and Uncle Marcus. And uh, those are those are the games we're talking about next week, E3. Until then, be join us again next time for the best news because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? <laughs> <laughs>